We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of Best of Everything with Michaela Bennett. Michaela gets you up to date on all the latest news and storylines from all of our shows on KCSN. Whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, KU, K-State, Mizzou, Sporting KC, or the KC Current, Michaela has you covered. Best of Everything is proudly presented by Charlie Hustle, your go-to when needing some new gear for any of your favorite local teams. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, the latest episode of Best of Everything. I don't know if I've ever had more to talk about on Best of Everything before, but this show is packed with everything that you need to know. We have to start off, let's see, the Kansas Jayhawks football team just went to three overtimes against the Arkansas Razorbacks in the Liberty Bowl and unfortunately lost a heartbreaking one, 55-53. But what an incredible season by the Jayhawks football team. Now, we also have the Mizzou Hoops, and they are they are on the rise right now. They just defeated Illinois and they just defeated Kentucky. Two massive wins. We talk about that a little bit later. We have the Kansas State Wildcats in the Sugar Bowl playing Alabama on Saturday. And Kansas City Chiefs will take on the Denver Broncos this Sunday. But we're going to rewind a little bit and talk about last week's win versus Seattle Seahawks. Now on the breakdown this week, Matt Castle talks about who else? Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And one of the big plays that Travis Kelsey had, one of his long, long catches, his Fun fact, his yak yard after catch is the highest among all wide receivers and tight ends in the NFL right now this year, which is incredible. He's 33 years old and he just keeps getting better with age. But on the breakdown this week, they talked about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Now, they have a very close-knit relationship, but on the field, they just seem to connect even better. Right, they're in 12 personnel, and what I love about this is they're going to motion Travis down, which helps with getting him a release into the sec, uh, into the second level of the defense. But again, it's the play action right here. You've got the slash by the tight end going back. You've got Jarek McKinnon coming over here, faking that run. But then it's truly a progression read. You've got the bench route down here by Sky Moore. Travis Kelsey is going to run the deep crosser, and then you've got the post over the top. So if that safety wants to get involved with Travis Kelsey, you've got a shot over the top. Again, 
again, it's progression. So it's truly left to right read here. What I love about it was after the play action, you see Patrick Mahomes drop back. He's got great protection. He could have thrown the ball to Sky more, but he could see that there's two stiff linebackers in the middle of that field right there. And there's the first window that he's going to get into right here, but it's the second window throw right here with anticipation, and it is an absolute dime and leads to a 52-yard reception. Travis Kelsey, obviously, tremendous yak yards after the, when he gets the ball in his hands after the catch, but it was a huge play to set up that final touchdown. And uh, it's just a thing of beauty to watch Patrick Mahomes right here because the anticipation when you see it from this angle, you'll have a better appreciation for when he threw it. Boom. Just on the money, baby. Yeah, catch and run. Uh, you know, I always like to say, hand it off, my friend. Hand it off. That, that is just beautiful. And, and once he sees Jordan Brooks in space, that that's the guy that's going to have to make a play on this. He just knows. Let me put it out there. Kelsey's going to beat him to the spot for that ball and have a chance to do something with it. And you'll see too, the other thing I want to point out here is when you go back to the sideline angle, uh, we talked about it really early on, even though the Chiefs, you know, missed the speed element of Tyreek Hill, that there is a lot of speed still on that field when you got guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And watch, as he goes vertical here, watch the safety in the middle of the field, Quandre Diggs, how he just hauls ass, just bails and hauls after him. And how that opens up this window for Kelsey as well. Oh, yeah. he's, he, he's scared to, yeah, right. to the line of scrimmage. He's and, scared to and, death. Yeah, and at that point, Mahomes knows there's no other DB threat that's going to be able to make a play on this ball on Kelsey. So it's just a matter of beating those linebackers, which he does easily. Yeah, I, I just love this throw. I love the anticipation and also the understanding for what's taking place because the play design, like you said, you put MVS on the outside and let him run that post because if for some reason Quandre Diggs does get involved with Kelsey, and then you've got the shot over the top, right? But he doesn't. He gets tremendous depth. He knows that MVS can knock the top off of any coverage. So he's got to give depth, which allows Travis Kelsey into that window behind the linebackers. More beautiful play calling, more beautiful execution. It's it's the story of this Chiefs offense, and it's what makes them so fun to watch and, and so fun to study the, the coaching tape of and go back through these games because it's just the, – there's nobody that does it better than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and it's uh, – it really is. Uh, you got to appreciate the fact that we get this, and we've got we've gotten this for, for so many years now, and it's it, we should continue to get it for so many years to come. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting offense to watch and the marriage between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it, it's been one of the most successful that I can remember in a long time in this league. And the dominance just continues. And again, the fun part, too, about this season is there were so many question marks coming into the season, the Tyreek Hill trade, all this, that and the other. But the way in which they're playing and the way in which Patrick Mahomes is playing is just a whole nother element to his game, which makes it so interesting to watch as a fan. And I hope people appreciate how, how difficult that is to do, but at the same time, how easy he makes it look. An exciting time indeed for the Kansas City Chiefs football and an exciting time in Kansas Jayhawk football as well. The Kansas Jayhawks, unfortunately, just lost in the Liberty Bowl, but it was a barn burner. The Jayhawks went to three overtimes with the Arkansas Razorbacks to ultimately lose 55 to 53. But the Jayhawks stayed in it. The Jayhawks were 
all over social media. Everyone was talking about them. And around Ain't No Seats this week, the guys talk about just that and how successful the season the Jayhawks had because of this. The, at the end of the day, before we get into all the analysis, I just want to say, like, you've got to love this team. Like, I know they did some frustrating things. I know they lost the game. But if you walk away from that bowl game with anything other than just absolute love for this KU football team, you're crazy. What they did for this program this year and the way they just fought till literally the last second possible. Um, I love this team. Feel bad they didn't, couldn't get it done. But that was a heck of a football game last night. An all-timer and one that I'm not sure. I mean, wins matter. But, like, we're going to talk about the game in a good way forever and we certainly wouldn't have had we not made that comeback in the fourth so that's how i wanted to start it now we can get in there I'll, I'll give you the floor b turn get your thoughts off and then we can start to really uh analyze what what we all want to talk about yeah i was just gonna say they fought and battled all year like you said and especially on the road we've talked about it on the pod all year how they started slow on the road all year um at west va at houston they're down 14 they win those games Obviously, a huge reason they go bowling. Baylor, they're down 28-3. Um, they have a chance to get a stop late and win that game. So, I guess you could never give up on this team. They fought till the end, no matter what. Even at Oklahoma, they battled. So, got to be super proud. Um, and just, obviously, you can be upset with losing, but think about the guys. Like, they were, you know they were gut-wrenched after the game. You saw Kenny Logan laying in the end zone, and this team is the start of the new era and they put in a ton of work this off season. So, you know, they're just absolutely heartbroken after losing, after coming back from down 25. Yep. AB what, uh, I mean, what's kind of your takeaway. It's our first time with a bowl game. It is kind of weird. You sit there and it's like, okay, yeah, we want to win this game, but like at the end of the day, who cares? Like what was your, I mean, we want to win, but like also, do you feel good about the performance? Are you happy with how it went? What's your what's your takeaway from it? Yeah, and I was telling you before we got on, but like I I wasn't like really worried about the outcome of the game. Like I was excited to see it happen and really like the important stuff that's actually going to help going forward happen in the last month with a whole extra month of practice. Just being able to say you went to a bowl game is like a big step for the program. So at the end of the day, like I was never sad when they're getting blown out or at the end, like, yeah, you want to win the game. But at the end of the day, it's a glorified scrimmage that's very fun. And it was just cool to be back in that spot. All of Twitter was talking KU football last night with the comeback and the cover. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just the experience overall. It made everything successful as far as the season goes. Well, another team that everyone is talking about is the Mizzou basketball team. Now, the Mizzou Hoops, they, whenever we recorded the show, Mizzou, that's who, it was before they played Kentucky this week, but after they defeated Illinois. And on Mizzou, that's who, Gabe, Tucker, and Maddie sat down and talked about the Tigers should be ranked, and now even more so. They just beat Kentucky. They just had two amazing wins, Illinois and Kentucky. And Mizzou is back. Mizzou basketball is back. And on Mizzou, that's who, they talked about that this week. I'm looking at the uh, the AP poll uh, because Illinois dropped all the way out. They dropped out. Uh, they received some votes, 65 votes. Missouri received 57 can just, votes. Can we just do the disclaimer, disclaimer saying this doesn't matter in college basketball on doesn't. December 28th or whatever it is? doesn't matter at all. Um, glad, glad we put that out there. But Missouri received 57 <laughs> votes. Kind of a big deal. 
When was the last time Missouri was ranked? I probably should have looked that up before the podcast started, but that was just a thought that I had. With like Drew Smith. Mean, and they that. were ranked after they beat Alabama. Last oh, year. last year they were? Two years ago. Or two years two ago. Years. Yeah, two years yeah. ago, January. Yeah. Okay. And then they lost like nine out of eleven or something at the end of the year. But they were ranked. <laughs> Maybe even top ten. I want to feel. I want to say like they went to number nine in the country or something. After I do think that I do vaguely remember them being a top ten team at one point and being like, "Hey, maybe we got something here." And then then the wheels just completely flying off the wagon. Um, my funny, having- my my funniest thing about this, and I tweeted about it earlier today, was that back uh, during football season when you know Kansas played a cupcake schedule, like leading up to their first five wins, it's like West Virginia, and they were like giving up like fifty points and stuff like that. You know, they get to five and zero. Oh. And the nation is ready to, like, call them America's team, uh, gave them college game day, put up, threw them in the teens and rankings. And it's like the situation is, like, reversed because, obviously, they were one of the worst football teams in the country for years. We were definitely one of the worst Power 5 basketball teams in the country last year. But everybody will just be like, no, 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 bad schedule. Bad, terrible schedule. You can't put a- – even if we just smacked Illinois – it's just funny to me. It's just like a. I mean, you hope that you hope that it doesn't continue to follow Kansas football because they ended up six and six. Like, yeah. Kansas football shouldn't have been ranked. They should have paid more attention to that schedule, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think yeah. it's. I, I don't think it's unfair that Missouri's not ranked right now. I think it's okay. They've got one and a half good wins and the best team they played blew them out of the gym by half. They went on Wednesday. They're going to be ranked going to Arkansas. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Yep. Yeah. That's a big game. Um, in a game that Missouri basketball will be playing, Kansas football will be playing without any water. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's fun. Um, I think <laughs> – this this game's gonna be really interesting because I'm I'm looking at the Ken Palm numbers here. Missouri's offense is seventh in the country, according to Ken Palm, at 116. Now their defense, on the other hand, not that high. It's 148th. And I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from this Missouri game against Illinois is defensively, they look like a completely other team. Like I don't know what happened to that to that team that we had seen the first 12 games of the season, 11 games of the season, but then they showed up and played lights out defensively if they can play like that and i think it was the, the they were in like a one three one zone and then mm-hmm. went match man and trap man zone they were doing a lot of stuff on on the defensive side of the ball that i liked and i don't think that they should ever leave that one three one zone just because i think it works so well for them um just so the personnel that they have and i dennis knows obviously um but uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure he's listening to this podcasting i wonder what tucker thinks we should do on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. i'm guessing might be. Uh, yeah could be though see why it might could be though be. We'll yeah, shout out, see why. <laughs> shout out, see why. But no, I, I, that's what I was really impressed with was the defense. Obviously, Kobe Brown scoring thirty one's eye popping, but the defensive side of the ball was was a huge factor in that game. Now, Mizzou basketball also took on the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team earlier this year in what everyone knows as the Border War, and we have our own show at Kansas City Sports Network called Border War, where Jeff Hawkins and Jared Sutton, both respectively from 
Kansas, and Mizzou talk about the Border War and their teams. And on Border War this week, Jarrett talks about the Mizzou Tigers and how much they've rebound, bounce back, and how much they've changed as a team since the loss to the Jayhawks at home. And Jeff Hawkins even puts his perspective into it, being a Jayhawks fan, on what it means to really improve this much by the Tigers and how bought in the team is to this coach. We're seeing a totally different team, Jeff, than what we yeah. were talking about post-Kansas when they looked terrible defensively. They were really struggling on offense, too, taking bad shots. And it didn't take long. UCF game, they got off to a slow start um, and really just had to find a way to win. But these last two games against yeah. legit competition, they it looks like they've put it all together. Where They're, they're yeah. firing all cylinders on offense. They're yeah. better in the half court. Kobe Brown has emerged and back-to-back 30-point games. You know, he, he if he has a third, if there's a third one and they go to Arkansas next, he's flirting with Steph Curry in terms of 30-point yeah. games against ranked competition. And that's that's a stat that, that's not been topped since yeah. Steph did it when he was at Davidson. So what they're doing, they're, they're second in effective field goal percentage in the country right now. Their defense <laughs> picked up over the last few games. It's a testament to Dennis Gates, and yeah. that's where I want to start. Um, but your overall impressions of what you're seeing from Missouri, too, since the, the Kansas debacle and then finding a way to beat UCF. But th- these two, these last two wins have really put Mizzou yeah. on the college basketball map. They're the most talked about team right now. Yeah. Hey, it's a lot that I could say. You know, Kobe, Des Moines, it's a lot of guys. Just, you know, the whole the whole program as a as a whole. But, man, like. And I hate saying but because it, you know, counters what you're saying. I just, you know, so I'll say and. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Gates, though, man, geez. Like, you know, for him to be able to make the adjustments that he's made the last three games and to really, you know, get these guys. They were already fighting for him. That's the weird thing about it. They were already fighting for him. They're already believing in him. But it's it's really cool to see. You know, when they play KU, you had that loss to really see how your guys believe in you after a loss. And are they going to still be fired up? Are they still going to be paying attention to detail? And they were. And that just, again, that is, like you said, a testament to uh, Coach Gates. I mean, he has these guys believing, playing hard, uh, playing together, caring for one of another. And they're doing it on the offensive end. I mean, they're, they're doing it on the offensive end. They're doing it on the defensive end. Uh, it's it's just my thoughts on Missouri. It's it's cool to watch, although I am a Jayhawk fan. It's cool to watch though, uh, because I'm a basketball fan. At the end of the day, you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. While basketball season is here, we still have some bowls left to go. And on Saturday, when this show comes out, we have Kansas State taking on Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And while Kansas State did win the Big 12 championship after defeating TCU, ultimately TCU went to the college football playoff and Kansas State is playing an angry Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. But on Three Mile this week, D.Y. Cole and John talked about this game and how actually everyone's playing, which is kind of unheard of for a bowl game. Usually you have some guys sit out, you know, they're draft eligible. You have some guys, oh, I don't want to get hurt, transfer portal, et cetera. But Kansas State should be full strength going into the game against Alabama. Alabama's a really solid defense. I know I'm not breaking any news by you know, sharing that. And, but when they have been vulnerable, it's been against the run. And notoriously, through Nick Saban's career at Alabama, the teams that have bit them the most have been teams with a running quarterback. And I just think there's a part of me deep down, and I can't get away from it that believes that Kansas State's best asset in this game might be Adrian Martinez's legs. Yeah, I mean, look at Jaden Daniels for LSU quarterback ran for nearly 100 against him this year. Uh, Robbie Ashford, the Auburn quarterback, I think second or third stringer when they knew Auburn was only going to run the ball, ran for 140 against Alabama. Traditionally, Nick Saban, you pointed this out when we recorded Powercat Game Day, D.Y., that Nick Saban's teams have struggled against dual threat quarterbacks. So I certainly think there's going to be some plays built in for Adrian Martinez. And you also have the security blanket of having Adrian against what's a physical defense that's helpful you know, in the way you dictate and call plays in this game, just knowing you've got two viable quarterbacks that you can throw out on the field. And like I, I told D.Y. this last night and we were talking, I, I would not be surprised if K-State puts both on the field for a play or two and sets up some sort of trick play. You know, Will Howard throwing it out to Adrian, a double pass, set, setting something up like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if you're in a third and one, third and two, short yardage, it very well could be Adrian that goes out there at quarterback too to give the run threat option of, of Deuce and him. So I think there's a lot of different things, packages that you can implement. And uh, the bottom line is I, I just feel a lot better having two experienced quarterbacks available for this game. Yeah. And, and I think there's, I, they, the, the Kansas state receivers are probably overachieved by far this year. If they had a really good season, but there's a difference between who they've done it against and, and doing it against Alabama secondary you got to wonder what those windows look like for Will Howard. Everyone's a little bit faster. Everybody's a little bit stronger. Everybody's a little bit longer. I just think, you know, almost that neutralizer for Kansas State, and it kind of harkens back to like the Bill Snyder offense, right? You just you try to 
get the extra block. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that says maybe the best way to win is with Adrian Martinez. It's well, like when you're going up against a challenge like Alabama. Well, the committee put TCU into the college football playoff in Kansas State is getting an angry Alabama, like I said, which Alabama did not make the college football playoff. But another committee or another voting thing, which I'll say, is the MVP race for the NFL. And a lot of people are speculating maybe it's Jalen Hurts this year. But if you look at the numbers, it should be, again, Patrick Mahomes. And on one-on-one this week, Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito talked about that and Patrick Mahomes. He's having an MVP season, and everyone's kind of just become accustomed to it. And they're just so used to Mahomes being Mahomes and just these tremendous plays, these amazing stats, and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, that's that's Mahomes. And we've become so used to what he's actually doing. It's incredible. But what else the Chiefs are doing well and they need to do more of is running the ball. They have Isaiah Pacheco, who's Mr. December right now. He's having an amazing December, and the Chiefs can run the ball. Jeff Allen has a really incredible stat in this short clip that I'm going to share from one-on-one that talks about how important running the ball is in NFL games. He's the best quarterback in football. He's going to be the MVP, in my opinion. You always want him to control the game and have the ball in his hand when it matters the most. If there's a situation in the game on the line, I want Patrick to dictate it. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying throughout the game, um, we need to dictate, you know, as an offensive line, you know, what the tempo is going to be. Right. How physical are we going to be? Um, and it's going to give Patrick even more opportunity to take shots down the field. And, and naturally, during these times, especially us being an outdoor team, if we don't get this number one seed and we go on the road to Buffalo, um, the conditions aren't going to lend themselves to passing the ball 40 mm-hmm. times. Yeah. We're right. going to have to run the football because it's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. Receivers are going to drop passes because of the weather. There's going right. to be a ton of different things that will tell you run the damn football. Right. Um, so we need to gear up for that right now. You know what I'd love to see too, Jeff, is some of the old school – give me 21 personnel, 22 personnel. We, we do a show – I do a show with uh, Derek and Craig on KCSN on – uh, with DJ and Craig on um, Thursdays. And last week, we we just watched a bunch of runs from the previous game. And it's funny because you look at – and we've been doing this all year. And you look at run games nowadays and how, and what sort of uh, – what the, the, the formations. concepts. Yeah, formations and concepts. And all of it is stuff that when I was when, – when you and I were playing back in 2013, 14, would have been just third down runs. Mm-hmm. Now third down runs, just just all the runs, right? Everything's out of eleven and twelve personnel. Yep. You know, one back runs, zone read stuff. Spread them out. RPOs. I would, oh, I would love to see some twenty-two personnel. Man, yep. get some twenty. Just and and go behind those two big guys up front. Go go behind Trey Smith on a double team power. You know, I mean, it's like. That's what I'd love to see, boy. That would that would get me fired. That's punishing. We see it from time to time. Usually short yardage when we come out with the fullback. Yeah, um, two tight end sets and run power. Um, we call it God's play. God's um, play. That's, that's right. That's, that's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful play, man. That's it, man. You, you you physically impose your will. Everybody knows based upon the formation what's coming. What's going on? You yeah. got all big bodies in there. It's us versus you. Who's going to be better? Ooh, I love and that, that. That's a beautiful thing, man. 
there is nothing better than when you're trapping up, strapping up the chin strap and you're getting down into your stance in one of those situations. Yeah. Like I just can, it's just palpable. The feeling, it's just a different feeling that short yardage goal line, like let's get after it. Boy, I'd love to see some of that. I mean, and I, I'm a, I don't know the actual statistic, but um, when you rush for a touchdown during a game, I want to say it's like, like a 70% chance that you win that game. Really? Like your odds go way up when you rush for a touchdown. Wow. Um, and, and offensive line coaches talk about that all the time. And no matter wh- who your coach is, that's one of those statistics that they have in their back pocket. And I'm sure they're in the staff meetings mentioning it. They're on the table like, hey, we need to run a ball a bit yeah, more. Yeah, man. But um, that's just what the, the game is just different now, obviously. It and, is, yeah. And, and I do like the game now. It's, it's, more, it's more fun in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs definitely need to continue rushing the ball this week. It'll be a little warmer than last week, but I don't know if it can be much colder than it was last weekend in Kansas City. It was pretty, pretty miserable for people that were at the game. But this week, they take on the Denver Broncos, and there's a lot happening in Denver. Russell Wilson, he's cooking, but it's the wrong recipe. I don't know what he's cooking. It's not turning out well. They just fired their head coach. So people are up right now. People are fired up. Okay, we have a new coach, new interim head coach, and we need to rally behind Russ. You know, there's some articles that have come out kind of bashing Russell Wilson and the teams rally behind him. But a lot of people are fighting for their jobs in Denver right now, whereas the Chiefs, they have the AFC championship or they have the AFC West championship nailed down. They got that. But they're still fighting for the one seed in the AFC. And that is very important considering only one team gets a bye now. And we have the Bills and the Bengals that are going to the playoffs. So on Casey Lab this week, Craig and Matt sit down to talk about their predictions for this game against the Broncos and their prediction for Monday night's Bills versus Bengals game. I, I think the Chiefs are a class above them. I think that the offense for the Broncos is not going to be able to move the ball particularly well. I think they're going to get into a hole again. Chiefs are going to jump out on them, get them in a hole again, and this time they're not coming back. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this one 35-10. to 10. Teams play really good for interim head coaches. They really do. Like that first week, sorry, the first week they play them, they play very well. It's like all of a sudden there's this new energy. Guys want to impress. Maybe you buy into the, I'm earning my paycheck for the next guy. I'm auditioning, whatever it is. Teams, the NFL level, even in college, they seem to play really hard for an interim coach the very first game. Like that seems to be where it comes in, right? So what will the Broncos do? There's This is why I don't know if I buy fully into this. Boy, those guys sure seem to hate Russell Wilson. Like, <laughs> boy, does those guys out there on the field sure seem to dislike they're starting quarterback. Like, what are you going to do on defense? <laughs> when you're out there and you're trying to put your best foot forward for this new interim coach, and like everything about it just seems to relate to you playing really well. But then on the other hand, the backup quarterbacks having to come talk to you and almost getting into fist fights because he's trying to defend this Russell Wilson character that you absolutely despise with every ounce of your being. What's going to happen? I don't. I feel like the Broncos come out. They play kind of tough to start the game. It looks like it's going to be a little bit of a you know a mud fight out there between both sides. I think the Chiefs kind of start executing. They look like they belong in a different class. At some point in time, it no longer becomes worth it to 
give 125% to not just, you know, an interim coach that wasn't with you all year, but also to Russell Wilson. And I think kind of by halftime, I don't think the Broncos necessarily quit, but they just very much start to check out a little bit. And then God, next week might be really ugly for that. Oh, I don't even know yeah. who they play, but they might be oh. real ugly come next week. So I think you get a half of them trying. I still think the Chiefs take this one out. 27 to 12 is what we're going to go with in this one. But I think the beginning of the uh, the game is going to be a little, a little ugly. I have another prediction. I need you to make a prediction that's not the score. Bengals Broncos win. Coach. Broncos head coach oh. next year. Yeah, that's a good one too. I, I'm also predicting <laughs> the Bengals. Um, yeah, so we should touch on that real quick. Everybody in here is a Bengals fan. We want the Bills to lose. We do have to, in fact, root for Joe the, Burrow. The, um, the Bengals can win this one game, and then we can continue to dislike them after that. So for the one week and one week only, everyone is a Bengals fan this week and a fan of Joe Burrow. Hopefully they knock off the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen so that the Chiefs can reclaim the number one seed and have a bye headed into the playoffs. But the Kansas City Chiefs will have their work cut out for them when they have a angry Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, all of that madness going on. And they have a, they have a couple bumpy weeks right now with the, the Raiders coming up the following week. And just a mess there with Derek Carvey and out or whatever you may have it. But the Chiefs will take on the Denver Broncos Sunday. Kansas State will take on Alabama Saturday. And Mizzou hoops are on the rise. We will talk about it right here next week on the Best Rapping presented by Charlie Hustle. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.